Ponderings universe. We're in for another treat, treat, treat. My NYU alumna friend, Jocelyn Martinez is joining us. And you gotta hear about Jocelyn's life, y'all. From taking a tragedy from the murder of her father when she was younger to being able to find and solve who committed that murder to being able to take all the different things she's done between entertainment and music to being able to help women create the life that they want. Just a really cool store and just really good, incredibly talented people in Jocelyn. Gotta give a shout out to Leverage Publishing Group. As y'all know, we ghostwrite, edit, and publish first-time authors. Check us out at leveragepublishinggroup.com. Peace. Ronderings Universe. I have a longtime friend from my NYU alumni world. Woo! The brilliant multi-hyphenate Jocelyn Martinez is on the mic. What's going on today, Jocelyn? Hi. Oh my goodness. A lot's going on today. It's a Monday and I love Mondays. Yeah. Mondays are amazing. So I know yeah. a lot of times people wonder, what's a Monday like for me? It's like, hey, I get a new week. I'm going to plant yeah. so many seeds. I'm going to do so many mm. things. And I'm going to have a smoother sailing for the rest of the week. Yeah. I'm not surprised that's the way you approach Mondays. Because from what I've read about you and like, folks, you'll have the opportunity to hear Jocelyn's story. But Jocelyn has done so much and is doing so much more than what she's already done that I'm not surprised you wake up Monday with possibility about what can be created, what seeds can be planted. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I, I want the audience to know this, but I feel like I'm sure that we've met before in person before alumni and parents weekend, but I feel like that's the first time I've seen you in a minute because obviously we've been following yeah. each other socially for a minute, but I feel like mm -hmm. And your memory may be better than mine. I feel like it's the first time that I've seen you in person a couple of weeks ago in like probably 15 years. My memory college. is absolutely not better than yours. <laughs> 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 absolutely not. But you yeah. have such a great way of, you know, keeping the community, you know, uh, like uh, going or aware uh, or just keeping the NYU, which we both love, <laughs> named yeah. out there for us. <laughs> yeah. I have to say I had lunch with someone recently. And, you know, this love for NYU comes from people like you. It's one relationship, one friendship at a time, right? And that just matters so much because when you have places that are so big, like NYU is, yeah. Yeah. it's always been based on the way that you and I've grown up and from our cultures, it's really about trust and relationship and love. I mean, without that, like, why would I continue to come back? Exactly. And, you know, I tried so long to go to events, but I was working on movie sets. So it was impossible to make a plan. And so I was trying to squeeze it in and like, yeah, one day, yeah. <laughs> so, like, wait a second. I know I'm supposed to be here on set, but I'm going to be gone for two hours. I'll be back. Yeah, doesn't no, go it like doesn't that, roll does it? that way. No. Absolutely no. not. Oh, no. goodness. <laughs> yeah. But one thing, you know, it taught me to work on, on, high pressure environments like that and like on like that things have to be on time is a work ethic so yeah. i got that you know and now, now i finally attended the nyu alumni weekend that's awesome jocelyn so <laughs> we're gonna get right into it what is your story my story if i were to sum it up in a word would be perseverance because i think that i don't know if we're exactly born with a map and what we're going to live but 
one of perseverance, definitely. And, you know, I, I think that um, we have a certain way of being like our characteristics or personalities and then life circumstances or things that happen in life will add and the way we respond to them is going to shape us even further so Mm -hmm. uh once i mean it's never fun to talk about the story but when i was nine years old i lost my dad to violence in new york city and i lived in a place called unbeknownst to me it was referred to as vietnam it was on 136th Street in Manhattan, and they had a business on an area in Inwood, and it was called Dykeman Express. My parents built it from the bottom up. They were immigrants from the Dominican mm. Republic. And yeah, yeah I try to ignore um, the fact that that happened. I mean, it did. We know it does, but you have to keep living. But how do yeah. you keep living while you honor family? And it's like, yeah, but I'm forgetting somebody or I'm not living you know, I'm not, I'm not with them. It's my dad. I was the only girl. I was the only daughter. So, you know, period. I was the only child. And I try to live life normally. And that wasn't working out too well, especially actually now that we have Thanksgiving coming up. His mm. passing was on November 22nd. It was the same day as John F. Kennedy. And, you know, those days were so difficult for me, uh, torn between giving thanks and feeling like, well, I'm giving thanks, but he's not here. So this whole, the whole, the whole map is not here. And it was a very long Mm. process, but I give thanks to personal development because those books helped me when there was no other people to help me, Mm. right? Those books helped me to, to learn that I could still live. And of course, some therapy down the road, down, 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 down the road. Right. But the thing is, yeah, it's one of perseverance and determination and of making things happen. And so, you know, I went to NYU and I was told by my counselor, like, oh, you should look at another school because that's way up up there. And she did that with the hand. And mm, I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. I have to get out of here. I have to get out of this, you know, neighborhood. Not that the neighborhoods are, you know, they're, they're in and of itself. They're just a neighborhood. But at the time, there was a lot of crime at the time. And I said, yeah. I have to get an education. And my father said education is important. Like, you can't take away the one thing I thought I had mm. control of. Because I said, if I, if I do good in school and if I prepare, then I'm going to get in. Of course, I, thank God I wasn't as scared of that at the moment because it's scary, right? So to tell me that, and I'm so happy that for that moment in my life, I decided I was going to do it anyway. I, I said, okay, I understand. I'm going to apply to these safety schools, but I am, I am going to go ahead and apply to NYU first, okay? <laughs> so right. I did, and my God, I got in. And it scares me so much to think that that one split second where I can make a decision based on an expert, right? On the counselor. Expert have, yeah, quotes. Yeah, yes, in that's quotes, great. Would have changed everything for me. Uh, I still would have been, God knows, you know, I still would have done whatever I want to do. You know, I don't know the path, but I mean, it's not like I wasn't going to live or be happy if I didn't go to NYU, but that's not the point, right? The point is believing that you have a chance at something, you know, higher for you or up leveling as we call it. And that that was going to be stopped before it even started. I said, absolutely not. So yeah, I applied, I got in and I was mm. very happy about that. Yeah. But still, <laughs> I felt like I still feel like something is pending. Mm. And I went into the entertainment business and, and follow my yeah. dreams with that. You know, philosophy classes, they make you think a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> and it's like, I sat in a class, uh, you know, it was Nietzsche. And he's like, what would you do if you were Superman? I'm like, well, I would do all this stuff. And then it's like, the teacher said, well, you got to go do it. I'm like, what? 
So, mm. yeah, I went ahead and I did a whole process to capture the, the person that murdered my dad. And yeah. that was 25 years later. Yeah. And that to me is my biggest accomplishment by far. Um, yeah. You know, and I mean, the story is like very long, but the story can go on. But yeah, the story yeah. is of perseverance. It's behind everything I do. Even as an entrepreneur now, uh, things don't necessarily come easy, but I persevere and I push through and I love what I do. I love creating. I love waking up and having the possibility of living something, of creating something out of nowhere. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know if I've ever told you this, Jocelyn. I think what we have in common, my father passed of a major heart attack when I was 10. And it is a moment that forever Mm -hmm. is a part of who I am and why I am and what I did with that moment. And for years, I didn't confront it. It was literally, I was living Elsa's Frozen song, Conceal, Don't Feel, Don't Let It Show, right? And it was like this bottling up inside. And for me, it took until... I had my first girlfriend towards senior year in high school, going through therapy, that I really started to confront those feelings, right? And at some level, like when you have someone you love like that, a parent be Mm -hmm. taken away from you, whatever way that it Mm -hmm. happens, it's just, and I think what I might interpret potentially is that, you know, culturally speaking, right? Those are things I would say across our cultures, like we didn't actively talk about right it was like oh yeah you know dad passed cricket cricket there wasn't something like you know the talk like we certainly cried about it when the funeral happened but there wasn't any kind of like active like hey we should really talk about this as a family it was one of those like in your words we just kept it moving but moving doesn't mean that you reach some sort of um catharsis or some sort moment of reconciliation so for you to get to your story what made you decide to pursue justice for your father? What was that moment? I, 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 I turned 35. I said, I can't live like this anymore with having these outbursts during the holiday season or Thanksgiving, for example. Hmm. I, I can't live with myself. And I had made that list from a book. I made a list that, thanks to the personal development, I made hmm. a list because this book and people are going to ask you, so I can mention the book or, you know, or Please, yes. Say, okay. yes. so it's called culture self to success. And my friend and I were at Barnes and Noble on 66 before they shut it down. Uh, and we were looking for books. You have to help us like become yeah. successful people. And we yeah. found this book, the last two copies, and we just started doing the things in the book. And it said, make a list of things that bother you. Like a list. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to do this and that and little things. And then, like you cannot like lie to yourself, especially in writing. Like mm, you know, you, you can't yeah. unthink it. You you can't unthink it. So I was like, oh gosh, I'm gonna do it. Then the task was to do something. I'm like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? So, but that took years because I would do baby little steps. Like maybe maybe I can make a conversation. Maybe I can call. Maybe I can go to the precinct. But yes, honestly, and and that you know, as anyone that loses somebody would know on certain days, on the days that thing happened, things start coming up. We'll think about it. So on the anniversary of the death, it would definitely affect me. And let's say on his birthday, on his, you know, yeah. the day he was born, it would affect me. And then I would be angry. And then I said, well, what if I do something about it? Cause I was a pre-law student at NYU to become a prosecutor so that I can 
eventually I found out to prosecute wow. this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so I said, you know, these cases are not supposed to be closed if it's homicide. They are not closed. So why did it close? What What's going on? Like, I mean, the world has changed. We could find someone. And then we had the access to internet. So we had access to background checks and things like that. I just couldn't let it go. It kept coming back to me and back to me, almost like this force that I couldn't stop. And it was just like taking me over. I said, I have to do this. And I said, God, look, if you if you want me to do this, just like let me do it and 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 just but I need to this needs to stop. Like either I do it or I get to a point that I know, okay, this is what happened. This is yeah, this is it. So mm. I would kind of sabotage myself in certain ways. It, like I could be having the greatest of time and then sabotage it you know, thinking about this. I'm like, this is just not cool. This is not fair. It's just not fair. You don't take somebody's life and just like, Hey, Oh, nothing happened. No. Yeah. I said, the world needs to know what he did. And they did. Yeah. Yeah. When you found your father's killer, describe that moment. How did you feel? What did that mean for you? Oh my God. There was like two crazy moments that it felt like it came yeah. out in like 3d at me from the screen. Mm. I had gone to the precinct, they had found the file, and they told me, yeah, we, we could reopen this file. It's the long story about why it closed, international law. So uh, they could reopen it, they did. And they said, we just, we're very confused with this whole Dominican Republic, you know, US thing, because if you murder a national of a country, depending on the country, they can prosecute that national. Mm. Yeah, so uh, from the same nationality. So I said, okay, well, let me see that paper that I found in a long time ago in the DR. And then instead of clicking on the paper that I thought explained that law, because, you know, most cops are not lawyers, but I took international law at NYU. So I, of course, I was like, I know yeah. this is the thing. And I said, let me see. And then I clicked on it. Instead, I clicked on a background check I had done, like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And, yeah. And that's what happened. And I said, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said, this is exactly the name as it's written on the synopsis given to me by the precinct when they said they were going to reopen the case. Like, this is the same exact name because it had a middle name and it had a like a very, yeah, it's a unique name, first, middle, and, and last. It was a unique name. I said, huh. And then it, the same exact date of birth. They gave me the date of birth. And I was like, thank you. And I took that paper really quick because I wanted wow. them to give me that years ago, like in 1996. Again, yeah. Italian day, because it was like, 10, it was a 10 year anniversary of his death. So that was, now I know that those things trigger. So I said, oh, I have, they didn't give me the date back then. And I wanted his social security, which of course they didn't give it to me. Um, but then they gave me the date of birth. And I said, oh my God, this is a perfect match. Yeah. But back then I clicked on the full report for someone else and not him. I had like three people. And since I didn't have mm -hmm. the full name, I clicked on somebody else's name. And yeah, and then I said, wait a minute, this is the person. And then within a weekend, I had his home. I wow. had everything, everything, all his records, all of it within the weekend. I did not stop. I based, I barely slept. I would just mm. be up at my computer and I was like, hey, I'm so cl I need to get him. And then I sent all the info to the police. I'm like, is this him? They're like, we're checking. We are checking. Yeah. We're checking. Yeah. Um, but I never got like, a, I wanted a photo. And I was like, I need to know this is him. Like, I need to do this. And I just wanted that confirmation. And I didn't have any other plans. My only goal mm -hmm. was to get him. That's it. 
Like I needed to get him. That's all. No, no other, you know, oh my God, all these years in prison. Like I just needed to grab it. Like I need to get yeah. him. So I couldn't get a photo. I eventually was able to get a photo from someone that helped me. Um, and I said, please get me this photo from like a driver's license. And I got it. And I said, mm. but it was, I was upset <laughs> because not only what he did, I was upset because it wasn't the same exact face of the person I had in my mind. Cause 25 years wow. had passed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I had this, the best sleep of my life. <laughs> yeah. This sounds almost divine. Like you knowing who it was, that the face yeah. that you had thought of who this looked like was actually, it's almost as if, I wonder if your father was guiding you from beyond. Absolutely. I don't know if you, yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's this movie I love, Man on Fire, and I can so relate to it. Actually, mm. I used it as an inspiration for it. And it's just yeah. insane how people write these stories because it is on that. And I said, and I would just write, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I am going to do this. I'm going to do it. Mm. Yeah. That's such a poetic story of perseverance. And obviously, I'm sure your father's murder is a defining moment in your life, but it does not define you either. Exactly. Yeah. So talk me through, because you've done a lot, Jocelyn, being in entertainment. Um, I put two and two together. I remember in the days I would watch Telemundo and Univision, oh. being a Filipino family and speaking <laughs> enough Spanish to get by. You know, most of my, I have enough Spanish to be dangerous yeah. in most situations, right? I was like, wait a second, Jocelyn was in La Chicas del Cat. That you were that was like, holy crap! I, I was like, what? That's so surreal. How is that experience like? Yeah, that's so. Yeah. Oh my God! You just reminded me. It's like amazing. Like I think yeah. that. Yeah. If, and and also to us being like immigrants, if my parents came here and, and mm. ended up losing his life here, right? In yeah. the American dream. How can I not take advantage of all the things? available, all the things that would come up to me. So people would always ask me, why don't you do commercials? Why don't you do that? I'm like, uh, why don't you sign me? You know, like, uh, you think I just, you know, where, where do you do this? Yeah. Right. So I started doing liquor promotions. And after doing the liquor promotions, she stopped me on the street, the person that had me do liquor promotions. She's like, you want to do this? I'm like, oh my God, that sounds so cool. And I was going to not only that, but other like Hispanic name brands, uh, household brands and doing promos for that, like supermarket yeah. things. And it was so cool, right? Um, mm. And then from there, I got introduced to a casting for Las Chicas del Can. And I said, absolutely not the first day. Because we weren't the like original uh, Chicas. I said, no. Because okay. okay. I'm in NYU. I'm not going to be dancing around and wearing the things. Uh, no, thank you. That's what I said. And then I thought about it. And then I said, you know what? Why don't I go to the casting first? Mm -hmm. And so I try to live my life like that as well. Why don't I... Go first and see what it's about before saying the no, if I have even the smallest interest. And I did because I loved singing. Yeah, so yeah. That's what happened. I went and it was one of the best experiences of my life. It was a mm. new group of Las Chicas del Can where they had just four of us in the front and the rest were like other band members. Um, and yeah. we went to a few places. We broke up after a year, which was perfect because I was able to go yeah. back to NYU. You only get a year off before you have to reapply. And mm. I, you know, I met some other amazing ladies. I was able to be yeah. on TV and practice that public speaking, be in stage yeah. in front of thousands of people. Mm. And that was like an amazing experience. Wow. Yeah. Well, 
we'll have to find that album that you're on. <laughs> no, no, please. No. <laughs> like, Ron, it's not on title. No, don't find it. It's not an, no. it's not an Apple Music. <laughs> no, it's not. Don't look for it. Wow. I, I, I wanted to bring that to the forefront because it was just like one of those like cool like trivia things in my head about you. I forgot about it. Because <laughs> it's funny, like I read your bio on your website. It's like, oh, I was in this group, but you didn't name it. I was like, but you were in the It's like a few. I mean, I, I know enough about like following like Latin groups more than most people might think just because <laughs> of all my growing up watching. Because when I was growing up Filipino in Brooklyn, we started watching Telemundo, I think in particular, because they would show anime in the oh. late 70s. And so my family loved anime. So we'd be watching anime with Spanish dubbing, but we oh. still watched it, right? Because it was anime, right? And so that's what I remember, like why? And then it just became something like, I would always watch Univision and Telemundo and all the Latinos that I knew in New York City just became something where my love of Latin music in particular just sort of yeah. like grew exponentially. I don't know. It's weird for me, like being in America, like the influence of like, you know, Latinx singers, you know, from like freestyle, which is one of my yeah. like favorite, favorite loves of music. You get you get freestyle artists in front of me, my head explodes. I'm just like, oh my God, let's no. let this court. I'm like, I'm TK, don't get me started. I love no music way. freestyle. Yes. I went to a freestyle concert way back in the day with all my favorite freestyle artists. I think my head was on a swivel. I was just, oh I was singing goodness. every song, dancing everything. <laughs> it's what, it was the music of like the 80s. It like, I think the two cities I knew where a lot of like free people love freestyle was like New York, Miami. Yeah. So being they in New York. They were just here, all of them, all of those uh, freestyle like, yeah, singers. They were all here in the summer, and and I went right across the street in an open air, yeah, free uh, concert. You would have loved it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm, next time. Next time. <laughs> well, Jocelyn, walk me through. So do La, La Chica del Can for a year. Go back to NYU, and then and we talked about like you know finding your father's murderer. Mm -hmm. But walk me through like what you're doing now, how you got to do what you're doing today. Great. So I decided not to go to law school because I was doing for that personal reason. And I said, if I can yeah. do anything and nothing had happened, what do I, I don't want to do something because like an experience made me do it. Like what would I have done had my dad been around? Right. Um, yeah. So I went back to another list, <laughs> uh, a list that we did in high school uh, when Nietzsche mm. told us, or Nietzsche would say, we would, you know, be a Superman. I said, I want to sing. I want to do modeling. I want to do acting. I want to do all these other things. Blogging. I wanted to, like, well, there was no blogging back then, but I said reporter, writing things, share. I didn't know the word for it. Yeah. But sharing experience and stuff like that. And so I did. And then it just kept coming to me because once that happened, that I was in Las Chicas, then I was in an office job when I was at NYU. And my boss gave the CD to a representative. It, it went like everywhere and it reached the representative Latino talent. And it was amazing. Mm. Like she sent me off to commercials. I booked my first commercial and I became wow. a, a union member for the actors union. I did all of that. And and then I ended up doing stand and work and double for Jennifer Lopez on her movies. And I did that, like, that would be like my most recent gigs. But at the same time, I was creating something that I could have for myself and share my creativity in a freer way. And, you know, not depend yeah. on having to show up to a place. 
And right. so that's what I started doing. And I started creating mm-hmm. my own lifestyle brand. So I do neuro coaching and online business consulting, mostly for women. Yeah. But I also do branding and website design in what I'm creating as another company. Cause you know, you start one thing, you start branching off. People wonder, you know, can you do this for me as you did it? And so I love everything that is creativity. Well, not everything. I can't draw for my life and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. Join yeah. the club. Yeah. Um, what's, what's, what's neurocoaching? Can you describe that for our audience? Yeah. So like the most powerful thing we have, our brains mm-hmm. can like design our life for us. Like basically what I spoke about earlier, like I decided I was going to go for something, you know, we are led by fear because of survival. So with neurocoaching, we will teach basics on the brain and how the brain works. Not a neuroscientist. I learned from one, uh, but I think <laughs> right. we, uh, yeah, we can all learn the basics of the brain. Why not? Right. Why yeah. not know mm-hmm. that when our heart is beating really fast, sometimes it's like, we're not in danger necessarily. We're just nervous and scared. And mm-hmm. the brain, like brain 101, we are all scared of the unknown because we are wired to survive. So if we are going mm-hmm. to approach everything with fear, we might not accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. When we recognize that it's fear, then we can learn, you know, strategies, techniques to help us move beyond it. And the thing is, it's a daily, like almost daily thing for some people. We're going yeah. to be feeling fear because we, we can't just, you know, erase the fear out of us. That wouldn't be very smart because we need to survive. We need to act really quickly sometimes, right? If like a yeah. ball is coming at you, you know, you want to like have those reflexes, right? <laughs> you you flinch <laughs> because be the ball at... might actually have spikes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might not be too good at stopping it, but you know, it's so important to know that. And it's, it became one of the favorite things of the women that I've uh, worked with because mm. it helps them, you know, work on their confidence. And I explain, yeah. hey, you're scared. You know, it doesn't mean you're, maybe you, you feel you're not good at something, but you can start learning that. And it's just so, it's like a whole world. Our brains are amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and for productivity. So we need to learn how to be more productive because especially now in the modern world, we're like bombarded with information. So how do we train ourselves and our habits to, mm. to help us lead the life that we want to live? Yeah. Thank you for that description. I figure there was some intersection of coaching and neuroscience. Uh, I was a neuroscience major at NYU, and so... No way! Yeah, I was your very stereotypical Filipino who went to NYU to do something in healthcare. So I was pre-med. Oh, you in healthcare? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I was going to. And then when I got to my senior year, I started hedging on the idea of applying to medical school. So I was going to wait for a year, then apply. And that waiting for a year then became me asking this question. When you talk to like big philosophical questions, the question I asked myself was four years med school, four years post-med school, what did I see for myself at 29 or 30? And I was like, I don't know if I want to go through all of that. The money... The, yes. the amount of work. And I was just like, yeah. this doesn't feel like what I, and I was doing it for all the wrong reasons, right? I was doing it because part of, you know, the immigrant stores, you got to do something mm-hmm. that's stable and professional, that's prestigious, right? Admittedly, the rigor of doing these things is like, well, I could show that I could do it. This is how smart that I am. And yet in my heart, it wasn't something 
that I wanted to pursue because I hadn't really given it that heart work. And so I meandered through a couple of different careers before I found the beginning of my calling. And I think probably similarly, like our callings continue to evolve, right? In terms of like what we do and, you know, how we manifest, you know, our creativity and our stories. So Yes. And, and why do we have to stick to one thing? Like, why? Yeah. Who, who, why? It, I, I don't know. I don't know why. And, and now more people are, you know, changing. And I'm, so many people I work with are just so tired of what they're doing. I was like, well, you could, but you see, they've been doing it for so long. Then now the fear yeah. is more ingrained. The mental maps are stronger. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so that happens. But I'm curious, when you did study neuroscience, did you study it like for the medical side of it? Or did you study also like... It was more like, it was straight, like the neuroscience major was more from the science aspect. I think, you know, if I would have gone to medical school, I might've learned a little bit more of like the medical application of it. But the cool thing about being a neuroscience major at NYU was learning about this incredible organ that organizes so mm-hmm. much of who we are. And, and particularly our frontal cortex, our neocortex yeah. makes us particularly human, right? Because our brains, if you think of our brains as layers of evolution across all animals, right? We do, we do have a lot of like, you know, things in common with other animals, right? You know, surviving, in fact, right? And the way that our, our brains are created for those mechanisms, right? And mm-hmm. yet our frontal cortex allows us the ability of like discernment, judgment at this like higher level, right? Our ability to communicate the way that we do, right? Is also something that's in our in our cortex, right? And so those are like newer evolutions of the brain. And for me, there's always like this combination of like what our survival brain tells us, our fear brain, right? You know, fear is yeah. talked about in terms of neuroscience. Um, there's a very famous NYU professor who does a lot of research on fear. Joel Ledoux is his no. name. L-E-D-O-U-X, yeah. And it's been a while since I've studied this, right? But it talks a lot about the limbic system being a real yeah. big part in the amygdala. There are certain parts yeah. of your brain that like govern your emotions, right? And to learn the science of it and then be able to apply it for me, is one of the more fun. When you talked about habits, one of my favorite books of all time mm-hmm. is reading James Clear's Atomic Habits. I point mm-hmm. everyone to read them. Like, you want to change your life in the most pragmatic, I don't want to say easy, the most pragmatic, scientifically backed way, read this book. Because the mm. stuff he talks about in this book reminds me of what I studied in biology and neuroscience about how things on a cellular neuronal level, how signals get created and solidified. Yes. Oh, it's gosh. it's a very similar research, right? When this is just like, oh, you have your stimulus, you have a trigger, you have a reward. It's a very similar mechanism about how neuronal pathways and cellular pathways are solidified, which oh, then goodness. like go now, into now, like. Now I want you yeah. to come talk in one of my, <laughs> you know, in one of my other events or workshops or whatnot. Yeah, I like I can do this for days. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I joke once. I'm like my amygdala is acting up. My amygdala is acting. I was like, what a nerd. What a freaking nerd. But shouldn't we all like understand this? I mean, we all have a brain. Shouldn't we all understand some basics of it? I think so. We should, because I think it in understanding, I think the reason why I would say why I learned this is because it's a way for us to understand self. Now, you can understand self in terms of the way that people talk about emotions, right? One of my favorite people to read about emotional intelligence and social intelligence is Daniel Goleman. 
right? Mm -hmm. And Goldman does bring some neuroscience into it, but it's not as deep, right? It's sort of the, like, as you said, it's the brain 101, right? But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's important from my standpoint to understand these things because the science and the way that our physical bodies determine the way that we show up, these things tend to have cascading effects. If you understand that, then it is applicable to then how you govern then how you're going to structure and prioritize your work in your life. But the structuring of work and life, and I would argue habits are really at the core of that. Habits, if you want to learn the science of it, do Mm -hmm. have a deep foundation to it, which parallels Mm -hmm. the way that habits happen. Stimulus, trigger, you know, trigger, stimulus, like the habit, and then the reward, right? There's a similar kind of thing that at play that when you then learn it, like on the cellular level, you go, that's so fascinating. Fascinating. There's all this stuff that I just think about. It's like, oh, it's just like like my approximation of it's like the habits that we learn for ourselves are deepened and and built within our neuronal and cellular structure. Mm-hmm. And so there's almost like a thickening of the pathway yes. so that yes. like these yes. things are just more likely to happen. I mean, that's not a very elegant yeah. scientific way to say it, but that's what happens like when, when you and I yeah. build habits or we coach people to build habits, what's yeah. happening is that inside their bodies, there's a pathway that gets built so that it becomes a bit more autonomous. Yes, yes. Exactly. All it really is. Exactly. And if we understand that, like, I, you know, people can stop saying, I'm just lazy. I'm just this. Well, maybe, but <laughs> maybe not. You just haven't created that habit. You are under another system right now and you can start creating the other habit. So, yeah. Yeah. There's this term in neuroscience called neuroplasticity, the ability yes, for our brains to change. And mm-hmm. what's so beautiful about being able to tell people who we often can label ourselves in these ways that feel permanent, but in fact, you can argue that our lives and our paths are incredibly malleable because our brains, even as you get into adulthood, you know, there used to be stuff when I studied neuroscience, like this is in the nineties where it was like, the research was still evolving. The research still is evolving, right? It's like, as you get older, you're less likely to change, right? These are Mm -hmm. things I think you probably, I've, I've heard from my parents, you heard from your parents and like, you know, elders and those things aren't as true as we think. No. You can get older and under the right conditions and environments, mm-hmm. you can change a heck of a lot about yourself. And yeah. that's not just pivoting careers, but that's also changing your body. Mm-hmm. That's just changing your mindset and all the, it's, it's yeah. extremely fascinating to me. It is. And I find myself coaching myself. Like <laughs> I got a little yeah. bit, you know, less active during the pandemic. And then the body mm. was like, okay. I like this. And then I'm like, wait, I'm doing the excuse. I'm like, you're doing an excuse. And then my brain was going back and forth. Uh, and yeah. it's like, no, no, you really are. You're tired. You start mm. tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, but you said that yesterday. So I have to train myself. <laughs> like we wow. all have a brain, you know? Yeah. And and I'm happy I'm going back and, and just doing the thing. And it's not, it's becoming a habit again. Like, no, it's non-negotiable. It's just, I, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. So Jocelyn, what is in the future for your business and your life that you'd want to share with the audience? Like what's next? What are you building towards? So what's next? Well, right now I was working on my planner. I have the Modern Woman Planner. Speaking about Mm -hmm. habits, it's a weekly, it has weekly planning and monthly planning. And I feel like once people just jot things down and, and have them down on paper, it's, you know, of course we know it's easier to remember. 
but also it frees us of having so many things in our brain driving us crazy. And the reason yeah. I do it for women is because, well, part of my life story, I went to an all girls school after, um, for half of my high school years. And I was yeah. really grateful to have a chance mm -hmm. in a place where I felt at home. They were uh, yeah. most of the minority. And after having gone through so much, once my father passed away, we moved to New Jersey and I, I was the only one from like Dominican background, like, I felt so lost, especially after everything that happened, uh, you know, yeah. so I came back and I went to the old girls school and I felt at home. It felt so good. So mm. that's why I do things to help, you know, a lot of women just yeah. move on with and, and create things for themselves. So I have that. And I also have the Modern Woman Mastermind, which is yeah. a, yeah, a social club of sorts. And so that women that are driven and want some either community and or going out and visiting places all with the same um, drive and like-minded uh, ladies. We're going to do an event December 8th in New York, a happy hour, okay. but that's going to be co-ed. You know, we, we okay. want to so go out come. and yeah, I can come. Yeah. I want to do it in, in Midtown. And so okay. I have that going, the course, I have a course. So I have a whole boutique of, of things, the Modern Woman Mastermind course that helps people with productivity uh, with time management, which you really manage yourself in that time with that. Yeah. And also learning some basics in the brain, uh, which also, uh, like I said, is a favorite of some of the people when they take it. One of my clients recently said, oh my goodness, now I don't think of like everything that can go wrong before I start something, you know, I, I, I that just makes me so happy. Um, so I have the course, I have the planner, uh, I have the branding websites, um, that I can create for people. If they want, especially if they want something like I've done. So, um, yeah, that's everything I have. I don't think I need any more. <laughs> yeah. You know, it fascinates me, Jocelyn, hearing your life slash career arc is you're manifesting creativity in different ways. Yeah. Your creativity when you were younger and college, right? You know, got you to start performing in this all girls band, right? And yeah. your creativity got you into acting, into modeling, and that creativity and that focus got you to find your father's murderer, right? Yeah. That creativity now allows you to focus on what you saw, where you belonged when you were in all girls high school mm -hmm. to give back to women. Mm -hmm. Right. There's something really powerful about this, how in our arc of figuring out how to be creative, there's no one way to do it. Like when people often think creatives, it's just like, oh, you're singing, you're performing. Yeah. It's like, no, creativity yeah. comes in all these different dimensions. And I think having this podcast, I've been really fascinated about how everyone, I think by design, because I see myself as that, is a creative. And people yeah. create in different ways, right? People create. Yeah trainings and that's being yeah. a creative right people create when they're school leaders right people create when they're being entrepreneurial like you and i people yeah. create when they are documentarians like mm -hmm. my buddy that i just had on my podcast I, I just really it's it's so fascinating when you find that joy the way that you can have impact the creativity just comes a lot more easily and i learned in neuroscience that the neurons are, they, they have to connect, they have to travel further away. So creativity, you know, when people might kind of downplay like, oh, that's a creative. No, it takes this intelligence that has to reach further to make these connections and like go here and there to search. I, that's, that's fascinating. And the book, The Artist's Way, I don't know if you know of it, but she talks about how we're all creators. Mm -hmm. That was also a life-changing book for me. 
The Artist's mm. Way by Julia Cameron. She says, and at the, because she, she did it for, for writers, basically, the book, but it's become a bestseller. And she goes, we're all creatives. We all create. Yeah. How do you find your creative space, Jocelyn? Is there a process or a way or like an invite, like what gets you to being your flow and your creative juices? Oh, dear. <laughs> Any, yeah. Anywhere. And I've got to give credit to doing dishes because I don't really like them. And who mm. likes dishes? But because you're not, you're really using the brain, it's just like, oh, hmm. Ah, yeah. It's everywhere. I don't, you know, uh, it's, it's in the air. It's like walking yeah. down the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. One of the things I learned about the way that our brains function over time is, you know, when you hear folks say, I do some of my best thinking when I'm in the bathroom. I do some of my mm-hmm. best thinking when I'm exercising. There's something yeah. around, maybe the bathroom notwithstanding, movement relates to cognition. So cognition mm-hmm. is like my layperson's definition of it is like the way our brain helps us think. Mm-hmm. It's probably a more mm-hmm. elegant definition, right? And we used to think for so long that thinking was just something that was in our brain, but our brains are so much more, you know, attached to other parts of our body. Like our brain might be the center of it, but so much of how we make meaning lives in our bodies somatically. And movement oftentimes can create the conditions to be more creative. Some mm-hmm. of the best thoughts and ideas I've ever had have been when I've worked out. Yeah, working out. Yes, yes. On yeah. the treadmill. It's like, oh, we need to have notes. Yeah, of course. And so it's funny. I went to this professional development workshop at my daughter's private school some years back. And they were talking about this research on cognition. And it was interesting. They they quoted Descartes, his famous, you know, I think, therefore I am. Therefore I am. And they said at the end of the workshop, they said, you know, we probably will need to rephrase that because I move, therefore I think, therefore I am. Mm-hmm. Like the movement is such a mm-hmm. big part of our ability to think that I think I always tell people, you know, sometimes you just need to get up and about. If you sit mm-hmm. down and think, that's not the only way for you to be creative. Yes, yes. And and also when some of the people I work with have like some anxiety because they're like, oh my God, I'm not like, and, and I remember I didn't want to stop. I'm like, no, I better yeah. not, you know, get up from here and just no, stop it, drop it and go. Because the brain is always working to figure it out. And if we keep bombarding you with things, it's like, leave me alone. I'm not going to figure it out. So yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, Jocelyn, we're nearing that time where I'd like to ask you, what is your rendering? What's the lesson or value you'd like to share with the audience today? I like to say that no matter what dysfunctional systems of society you may have believed or endured, you have the power and the right to create a life you love living. And I also believe it's your life And you have a right to design it as you please. I love that, Jocelyn. Thank you for sharing that. Before we go, I know you promoted a couple of things that you're doing, but is there anything else that you want to promote for the audience? Uh, No, I'd like to um, promote the planner. Uh, There's always, sometimes, I I know it's a modern woman planner, men ask me, can you do one for us? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, uh, you could, a lot of people buy it for other people. Yeah, right. (laughs) I definitely have a lot of clients that are not women. so. Yeah, that's the only thing. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jocelyn, for being a guest of the Ronderings podcast. Um, sounds like a to be continued for us. It looks like <laughs> we you. should find ways to collaborate, me with the things yeah. that you're doing and vice versa. Definitely. I'm like, what? You are neuroscience? 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I never, you know, sometimes the path we think we're taking, like the path that you had when you were an undergrad, right, to, to, yeah. to be a lawyer, sometimes the reasons for doing it aren't what's going to stick, yeah. and yet you just repackage those gifts into something else. Did you ever, I mean, did you ever think you'd be doing what you're doing? Is, is, is this what the... No, but one thing no. we didn't get to, we could do it on other podcasts, is value. Yeah. So uh, values are very important. And it has to be yeah. values first for me. And then that other thing that we're going to do has to fit into it. And freedom is my number one value. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Sounds like we have another podcast to talk about freedom <laughs> looks like, because that is a very big topic in our communities of color. So, yeah. Mm. Well, Jocelyn, it was a pleasure having you on Rounderings. Rondering's universe. I keep telling y'all every episode, the words of Coach Prime, we keep coming. More amazing guests like Jocelyn come in right in your inbox and right in all the different podcasting platforms. So Jocelyn, thank you. Thank you. Peace out, y'all. Take care. Wow. I was so inspired by listening to Jocelyn's story. And that level of detail orientation and perseverance to take what she learned from her childhood and and having to find it within her spirit and her soul to make sure that finding the murder of her father was something that not only brought justice for his legacy, but her own legacy and how much he wants to make sure she uses that and her brilliance to help create the life for women that they want to live. Thank you, Jocelyn, for sharing your genes with us today. And Rondings Universe, I tell y'all, say it all the time, we coming. More brilliance from amazing guests coming soon. Peace.